0: Belong. A dozen people fill the room now, swapping goodwill and drinking coffee out of plastic cups. Attending AA is not unlike going to the theatre. You do it because it's supposed to be good for you, or, more accurately, somebody else thinks it's good for you. Your parents, friends, people you don't want to hurt, have almost certainly bought tickets and you go to keep them happy. And, oh, good Lord... There's the fantastically pretty girl walking through the door. Her name is Kate. Today she's wearing a blue cotton shirt and pencil skirt. I like the way she moves in this skirt. Demure yet. Not. Her eyes are red from crying. Some bastard has been mean to her. I want to be that bastard so I can make it up to her. She sits down and crosses her legs... Dear Lord, she's sexy. I am intoxicated by her beauty. I am overwhelmed by her suffering. If I don't sleep with her soon, I will go mad. The meeting gets under way. Kate was on holiday last week. This I learn from her share Lisbon, good tapas, a chance to escape. "'So far she's given no reason as to why she's slipped "'on the banana skin of rack and ruin. "'She flicks her black hair over one shoulder. "'Her eyes are the colour of mulberries. "'Who's next?' "'I look around. "'Whose boil-in-the-bag emotions need reheating this week? "'Whose family must now carry the burden "'of their child's dysfunction on top of their own? "'It's tempting to leap to my feet. "'We've had them all.' I could say. Great Granny kept a lion. Howard held poker parties dressed as a rat. Uncle Conrad drank himself to death, as did Uncle William. Robert took drugs. Dinah lay on her bed and swallowed pill after pill. Peter walked up to the top of the valley and put a gun to his head. John died of a brain tumour the size of a cantaloupe. We're a careless family. We lose a lot of people. But I kept quiet. Holding back for the real loonies and eventually mad Millicent takes the chair. She has hair like a brillo pad and believes herself to be Peter Mandelson's bodyguard. Next we get Stan. It has come to my attention, he begins, that certain people in this fellowship have been blittling me. Well, I should like it known that I am carrying a long sharp knife and should anyone blittle me again, I'll stick them like a pig. He wipes the spittle from his mouth. Thanks for listening. You can't be on the bloody programme if you're drinking, Benj says in the pub. I'm half on the programme, half AA. I'm A. That's like announcing you're half pregnant. There are certain things you just can't do in halves. Benj, rake-thin, unshaved and apparently unwashed since the last time I saw him, is doing the crossword puzzle in the telegraph, His third pint of bitter in front of him. I tear open a bag of crisps. The world is full of legitimate halves. Half dead, half decent, half cooked, half witted. I'm having my first drink of the day. A glass of red wine. It tastes pure and delicious, and God knows I feel like I've earned the thing. I don't know why you're bothering, frankly. Benj turns his attention to the obituaries. I glance fondly at the miffed expression on his face. Benj and I are first cousins, and we've been muckers, drinking and otherwise, since we were at prep school together. Half-baked, halfway, half-cocked. I scribble with alacrity. The piece for the spectator is flowing. They say the moment you realise you're scared of living without alcohol means you are an alcoholic, Benj says. Demi-Tass, Demi-Monde. I throw down my pen. The piece is finished. I down the glass of wine to celebrate and order two more. Does Rory know your Demi-A.A.? Benj inquires. Why, am I not functioning magnificently on my new ration of alcohol? Am I not coping beautifully, achieving work deadlines, keeping appointments under trying circumstances? "'Speaking of which,' Ben says, "'weren't you meant to be having supper at home tonight?'